Motown Rundown, welcome back. It is July 22nd, early, early morning for the Motown Rundown crew. It is 9.45 a.m. People are probably hearing that, like, really 9.45, early morning. Trent, you sound like you just woke up. No, I'm just a little under the weather. I've been oh, up for about an hour. COVID is a, back and I better than ever. Throat. I got a little bit of a sore throat. I think it's allergies. I hope it's allergies. But What's it called? Rabs. It's like... Uh... You guys, I just rewatched like Ted for the first time in like 10 years. My favorite scene in the whole movie is like, Hey, Lori, can you set the alarm for 11 a.m.? I got a big day at him. <laughs> yeah. I just love that. Just like the dead series. Like, that's like every college kid. Like, on the, you say, Yeah, I got a big day ahead of me. I need to uh, set the alarm for 11 a.m. <laughs> oh, exactly. Trent, you got a big day with the preschoolers today. That's something for the build context because you hear that off the cuff. And immediately it raises some red flags. Trent, you you are certified and legally allowed to not hang out, but you teach these preschoolers for your job. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of a day camp counselor, more or less. You just supervise. Yeah, supervise, hang out with. What's them. your speech? What's your speech when you come in? Like, hi guys, I'm Trent. I love uh, the Pistons. Trent's probably and... so good at it. Dude, Trent, you, you should have been an RA. You would have been a good RA. It's it's just an energy thing. You just got to come in and bring the energy. These kids love it. They're like six years old. All of a sudden, they just want to climb all over you. They want piggyback rides. They want to play games. They want to run around. Get, Dude, getting them to eat lunch is tough. Getting them to eat lunch is one of the hardest parts because they just want to get do up. You guys, do you roll dodgeball? We don't play dodgeball. We play gaga ball. You ever heard of that? Gaga ball. I broke two pairs of sunglasses playing gaga ball. What is what is gaga ball? It's a, it's a combination of like dodgeball and – like, you definitely played it, Rabs. It's like, have you? Uh, it's like one of those pl- things that's weirdly at like every church for some reason. Yeah. Like you looked outside a church and there's like an octagon for Gaga Ball. I'm like, why is this? No yeah. idea what you're talking. This sounds like it's you're like the it's like up. a wood octagon, right, Trent? Would yep. you, is that how you kind of describe it? Correct. And it's you wooden octagon like a ring. circle, and you're trying not to get hit by the ball, basically. You can okay. use your hands to like shoot the ball at people or protect yourself. And if you get hit from the waist down, you're out. I suppose the schools that I attended as a child didn't have enough funding to get the, uh, well, I, it's not like a ball. Game. It's, it, it's more, I don't, it's a it's youth like, group thing I, or like a camp. It's like thing. a weird church. Then it's a weird church. That I, I don't every, like, and cause when I went to, I went to Catholic high school and stuff, when we would go on, like, We'd have to go on like retreats like every once a year, and there would always be like a Gaga ball thing. I'm like, what? Like, it doesn't matter any church, they just have it. Interesting. Phenomenal. Gaga ball. Well, we'll we'll uh we'll have to make this one a quick one because Trent's gotta get out of here. Uh before we get rolling into the uh mindless nonsense um speak that we do at the beginning of every show. Uh, two things on this. I guess I would say three things. There's a part part A and a part B to our uh, our Red Wings talk today, but we will talk Tigers to kick the show off. Uh, Red Wings, the expansion draft happened yesterday uh, in terms of when we are recording, so we will talk about that. The Red Wings obviously losing defenseman Dennis Chalowski, which is as time went on and, and there's a trade to discuss as well, a new, new player coming to Detroit. So um, I think after that trade was solidified, I think the uh, writing was on the wall a bit for uh, – for, for Chalowski, um, if it wasn't going to be Stetcher, um, but we'll get into that later. Um, part B to that would be the NHL entry draft is tomorrow, Friday, July 23rd. Uh, so we will talk prospects. The Wings have the sixth overall pick and the 22nd overall pick. 
might be 23rd, 22nd. Um, so we will talk about that as well. But before we kick things off here, I have to say, I went and saw Space Jam 2 the other day, and I texted you guys about this, but I feel like it sure, needed to be brought. I did, yeah. My So my brother and I went and saw Black Widow, which was the first time that I've been in a movie theater in Lord knows how long. I won't. We won't talk about it today because you have not seen it yet, Collins. I would, if you spoiled it, Rabs, like, I, this podcast would actually be done. I Iron Man talk. dies at the end. There's your spoiler. I, it's not even funny that you even said anything. Like, I don't find that amusing. <laughs> I'll, well, I'm moving on. I, I was trying to, I just, I was rolling the ball. But anyway, so I, yeah. I, in about two weeks, which is great. I'm off to a hot start. Um, but we see Space Jam 2. I originally wanted to go see it at a drive-in because that to me was like off, right off the top of my head. I go, this is a great movie to just go sit the drive-in. You know, you, you have your snacks, whatever. And you're just mindlessly watching this movie because you don't want to watch a movie like you got to pay attention to with the drive in. But uh, neither here nor there. We go to the movie theater and I want to preface this by preface this by saying anyone that knows me knows I'm a huge LeBron guy. I love LeBron James. I was so excited to see this movie and I will go on record right now and saying and, and my friends all know I, I have never seen a movie that I really didn't like like I, I I am so easily amused and I always walk out of these movies going like yeah you know I actually liked it and you look at the ratings and like no one in the country liked it and all the critics whatever this Space Jam 2 movie was the worst movie I have seen in my entire life and, and the worst part about it was that five minutes into the movie I knew it was going to be horrible and it was one of those things where you're sitting there and there was a brief second where I was like, okay, it was nine o'clock at night. I had to get up early for work the next day. And I'm thinking, do we just walk out? Because it was that bad. And I was just thinking, do I wait till it comes out on DVD? I can stream it on HBO, whatever. Like, it, it, do I really need to spend the next two hours of my life in this movie theater? And if I didn't spend $24 on two tickets and $100 on popcorn and snacks, I would have left. And I was so disappointed because space, I made my brother who just turned 17 years old the other day, he had never seen the original space jam. And I said, we are not going to see space jam two until you see the first space jam. So he watched it. And I at least thought there was going to be some type of semblance of like, you know, the, the plot. And I guess the plot was similar in a way, but just the complete opposite. Like Space Jam is objectively, in my opinion, like a good watch. It's a good movie to watch. This movie Entertaining. was was borderline unwatchable. And I was I was like upset. I wasn't mad. I was just disappointed because I was like, wow, like this is going to forever in my in my brain. Be I was looking for this movie to like progress LeBron's legacy. What I really was. I wanted it to like rival Space Jam one and be better than it be better than Space Jam one. But there was nothing. I didn't laugh once, and I it was just again borderline unwatchable. Colin, I'll I know you this. saw it, Trent. You haven't, but my lord, LeBron's like if you've ever watched Trainwreck, I love that movie, and LeBron's great in it. Like he's funny in it too. Like he's he's like pretty solid actor in it. This one, I'm like the first like half hour. I'm like, dude, what's going on? With he was brutal. Like, yeah, he was wise. not good. It, 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 they, I don't know what he was like too. like, I don't know what was going on, but it was just I, not LeBron. I, I'm not going to act like it's like 
I, I feel like MJ had more to work with with the like the movie to be honest. What with the Looney Tunes, he had more to work with Bugs Bunny. What are you talking about? No, but about? like the, the movie was like better. Like it had be- like it had like the Wayne Knight character, had the Bill Murray character. Yeah, correct. And, there was and, a better like, story. Had, yeah, like, LeBron had like no comedic relief in that movie. So like, I, I just know. think the fact I don't know that why we're doing like a, I'm like doing it like a, <laughs> a movie Kiefer review, a Rotten review. Tomatoes movie review. Yeah, but the, no, the fact I think a lot of it was that his family in this movie was not his own family. And he was, he was, why would you, I wouldn't want to do that to my family. I don't know, but he was just visibly uncomfortable. And like every moment with his one son, that was like so dramatic. And at the end, when he like starts to kind of choke up when he's, it just, it was just so the acting was bad. Like even, even the Looney tunes, like the Looney tunes are obviously the best part of the movie, even in space jam. But it was like, Holy shit. Was this movie bad? I couldn't, it was unbearable. Don Cheadle's character was horrible. My, my, the best part of the movie, my brother was the one that brought it up. So, so in the beginning of the movie, when LeBron is like a kid with the game boy, that coach is Julius from remember the Titans. And he's, he's the guy from the wire too. Sure, I, I need to watch the wire, but that I, 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 I hated it. Collins, I know you said it was not good either, but I try. I I was at work and I had like some time, so I watched it, and I was like, "This is just not it." But well, I, like it's also a kids movie, so I don't really. Yes, care. it is a. It is very like Space Jam one. You can if you're a teen or you know you like, like you can you can get away with watching it. I, maybe I'm just past my prime, but holy I think the, hell, I know, Space Jam. The, the, this one's just more kids. I don't know, whatever. I, I don't care. I, I, I don't I don't want to tell you what I'm going to tell you here right now. It is it is truly not. I love how Ravs is not like, this goes to go legacy. Ravs is like, you know what? I, it, it's a stain on his legacy. No, it's I just, just I just thought that it was going to be like it's like MJ has it was going to be Citizen Kane. I don't know. I the whole like futuristic element was so over the top. I couldn't handle it. Look, I, 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 I couldn't I, even follow the I couldn't even follow what was going on. But Trent, I, what are your thoughts? You well, haven't seen I'm, it. I'm going to see it at some point. I actually can't believe I haven't. So, Dude, you, actually, I, I do not spend the money to see it in theaters. I'm begging you. It's, well, it is that bad. To circle back to, to, my, to my beloved kindergartners, we are going on a field trip next week to see it. So I'm, I think I'm just going to hold off. But I also might want to watch it before then because I don't really want to be interrupted by kids who have to go to the bathroom and I got to like go take them to the bathroom, that kind of thing. You know, I, I kind Dude, of I'm telling you, it's not, you're not missing anything by seeing it. And I, I never say like most movies I'm like, yeah, just go watch it. It's a nice one. You are not missing anything. If you never see this movie, just telling okay. you. All right. I appreciate the honesty. I am looking forward to seeing it though. I, I'm sure I will like it. I will like it. I'm, I'm sure you will. You'll find a backdoor way of like LeBron put up like 30 and 10 and he's the great at, Whatever. But before we uh, move on to Detroit stuff, let's stay on the topic of basketball. We have crowned an NBA champion. Unfortunately for us as a Suns podcast, it was the Miami, the Milwaukee Bucks, Miami Bucks. That's cool. Milwaukee Bucks. Um, good for Giannis. I mean, he drops 50 in that game, which was awesome. And like out of nowhere, he I mean, they deserve to win that game. Like Giannis played so well. He somehow learned how to shoot free throws overnight. I was felt bad for Chris Paul because I wanted this. I like in my dad's like, oh, I don't well, I can't believe you care that Chris Paul wins a championship. I, I appreciate guys that have been in the league for a long time and especially guys that I've grown up watching. It would have been nice to see Chris Paul win an NBA championship. I don't know if he'll have a chance to get there again. I don't know what his contract looks like if he's even coming back to Phoenix. Who knows? But Suns are out. So we can talk about the game briefly and then we got into a little bit of we got into a bit of a spat in the Motown rundown group chat over some uh, 
some 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 claims that were made by Trent Bailey over here. So let's talk about the game for a sec, then we'll we'll hash it out. Sick. Giannis is sick. I love Giannis. That's all I, like Giannis is so cool. Yeah. I mean, Collins, you made a comment last week. You're like, I don't know how you don't like Giannis. Like, I don't know how you can't like him. Even if you don't love him or it, it, you, you just he's kind of impossible to hate, I guess, unless you're like a Suns fan at this point because he just cooked your team. But I love Giannis. Raps, to your point about Chris Paul, I I don't feel the same way. I kind of got into that last week. I'm not a Chris Paul guy. That's the, I just I don't – I don't I don't understand what he's ever done to where you're like, uh, all the guy's done is work his ass off. He's annoying. He he's annoying. And you know what? He's the only player in NBA history to lose four series after going up 2-0. So at some point you got to get out of your own way, Chris Paul. I have no sympathy. That's all. What's Whatever. It, dude. What's it called? So like you see Giannis, um, uh, get go to like Chick Fil A and like do the fifty piece and like that was sick and all. He ordered a lemonade and Sprite combined. Has anyone like everyone's like I'm gonna try this? I'm like that doesn't make any sense. Like why would you try that? It's probably I like I don't think that would taste good. I think it would taste totally fine. Sprite's a lemon lime or no, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the Sprite would overpower the lemonade. I don't know, man. I think you're, I think you're really focused on the wrong things here. Well, I mean, I like, who cares? I mean, I like, I, I don't have like any emotional investment to this NBA finals. Like, by the way, people who act like Chris Paul was like hurt or something. He was just bad the last three games of that series. So I don't want to hear anything about that. Like, Oh, like, and the whole, like, he's had very bad luck, and he was healthy. I think the Clippers probably go to the fi- – him and Blake are healthy, like, actually for a full playoffs. They probably go to the finals eventually. So, uh, I, I mean, whatever. But, like, I, I'm just tired of the whole, like, Chris Paul, like, he's a winner, but he's, like, not a winner. He's a winner for a guy who has never won it. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm just – I'm done hearing that, Ryan Russillo. Like, I'm done. I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, Bill Simmons, I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, I'm just so tired of the whole, like, point God thing. He was a really nice player. Whatever. He's not an all-time great. That's all you got to say. All you got to say. I'm just so sick and tired of it. And you could I'm, make a case here today that, that Russell Westbrook is greater than Chris Paul. He's oh, not. Stop. But I would disagree oh, my, with he's that. Really? But, uh, I get what – no, but they're the same. They're, better score. They're he's the same. Good of a passer. I mean, Russell Westbrook does have an MVP. I don't even think Chris Paul is like top three. And eh, he might have came runner up that one year in New Orleans. I don't know. He was runner up. What's this- it called? I, I I'm just sitting in the Sprite lemonade. It's really bothering me. All right. Well, I don't I don't know if I can help you there. Um, I do want to touch on um, what I mentioned earlier before we move into the good stuff. Um, Trent, you made an erroneous claim in the group chat that the NBA Trent, you know what? I, I won't, even, I, I won't even go into it. I won't even go into it. You, so you, you say, you can mention it. You can mention it. No, I, I, I was going to say you, you make the claim. I want you on the record to say what you said to me and Ryan Collins in this group chat after that game. I want, so I, I would need everyone to hear it from your mouth. Okay. And then I will, I will submit my rebuttal. All I said, as I was watching Giannis get the trophy and all this stuff, with a with a with an arena full again and Adam Silver, the best commissioner in sports, how are you? All I said was remind me on Thursday to talk about how the NBA trophy presentation is the best in sports. Because I 
and 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 Rabs, I know you're gonna stroke the cup, and that's fine because I'm not a hockey guy. I'm not qualified. I will not question the credibility there. I, as someone who doesn't love the NHL necessarily, am not qualified to even talk about that. For me personally, the NBA trophy presentation, and I'll give it. I'll give this to you. The Louis Vuitton box is so over the top and ridiculous, but. The fact that Bobby Portis got an interview was awesome because the crowd was chanting his name is a microcosm of what makes the NBA great. It is all about the players. It is what the fans want. It is entertaining and it's not too much. The NFL dude, I got to wait 40 fucking minutes before I even see the Lombardi trophy. Can you at least give me that? that? That's a great point, Trent. It sucks. So I'm just watching Giannis tear up over here with the trophy in his arms a la Michael Jordan and it just was cool it was cool and I had this moment where I was like dude I can't tell you maybe the Cubs in 2016 was the last really cool World Series trophy presentation in my opinion I don't know the NBA gets it right every year I feel like and Collins I know you have a take about the stage and then Rabs I'll let you talk about the Stanley Cup because obviously that's very different but Rabs I already know what Rabs is going to say. He's such a hockey guy, hockey Twitter guy. He's going to be like, just the respect and the people whose names are on the Stanley Cup. It just doesn't even compare. Yeah. Yeah, And I I don't hate that take. I think it's a sneaky – because I think when you think of best trophy presentations, I think Rabs is right. You think of the Cup. Because, like, the Cup – you think of, like, the Cup, the Masters – I would say the British Open, too. I think the British Open with the player job's pretty sick. Like, the champion golfer of the year, like, with the guy in the super, like, thick accent. Like, I think that's pretty cool. But uh, I I love the NBA Finals one, usually. This one was just weird. It was cool because Giannis was, like, going nuts and stuff. But, like, them not having a stage this year, like, really made me upset. Like, they have a stage every year. Them just be all being on eye level with like the fans and everyone. I was like, what is going on? I didn't know like where to look. I, I was like irrationally mad about it. I don't know why it was, but I would still I, like the cup is really good when like, when like OV wins it, like a guy, his whole career who's like been chasing a cup. Like that's like sick. I think they do that better, but like NBA, I try, I think the interviews are the best in NBA finals ones. Like the moments you like you remember, like are better. I think the like photo op in like the moment of like the holding the trophy is better with the Stanley Cup. That makes any sense. But like the actual like interviews, like of the NBA ones are like good. Like, yeah, very AKA good. the trophy presentation. So Rabs, go for, like I understand that the Stanley Cup is so. Uh, go for it. Just give it context because I can't. Rabs is so pissed. I love well. This. Trent, Trent always likes to play the card of like, I'm not a hockey guy, so I can't. You can say whatever you want. You can have opinions about hockey. I'm not even going to have the conversation about what's the best trophy in sports. And I'm let's let's focus on the four major sports because I agree. Like the, the Masters, you know, that's a that's a nostalgic. Like that's great with the green jacket. As far as the four major sports are, there is no greater trophy, better looking what it means, the names on the tr- – then the then the Stanley Cup. We're not arguing that. that that's fair. That's fair. And before you your- go, I think that's where a little too much of your nostalgia comes from. Like, I'm I'm talking about the actual – Robo Trent. Oh, God. Okay. Just go for it. Okay. 
Transformer trend. No, you're fine. You're back. But yeah, so so you're saying you're talking about the trophy presentation, which is great. First of all, you you like to come back to this point of the commissioner and your comment about Adam Silver's the best commissioner in sports. It's like it's almost like if you were to drop a bag of Skittles on the ground and they all fall into the mud and then you pick one up and you go, oh, this one has the least amount of mud on it. I'll eat this one. All nobody, no one likes any of the commissioners in the sports leagues. Adam Silver is like the only relatively likable guy. I will give you that no one likes Roger Goodell. No one likes Gary Batman. I don't hate Gary Batman. I'm not a big fan of him. And no one likes Rob Manfred. I hate Rob Manfred. Adam Silver was getting booed as he was speaking last night. So your point about like the best commissioner in sports, yeah, it's like it's like shit and strawberry shortcake, bud. Shout out Jim Leahy, rest in peace. So that's the first thing. So Gary Bettman being involved is neither here nor there. The fact that the cup gets carried around and you see like before the game's over, they start to polish it up and it sits on the stand and they bring it out and everyone loses their mind. And then the fact that not the owner, the owner doesn't get first dibs to speak and to touch the trophy like they do in the NBA. And I think even in major league baseball to an extent, and the NFL, you get like the like Robert Kraft. It's like the first guy to get up there. The captain of the team, the leader of the squad goes up there for the skate, shakes the commissioner's hand, and he picks that big ass trophy, that big ass cup off the stand, and he lifts it over his head in that first skate. And then even better than that is the fact that the most important part of this ceremony is tradition has it. The second guy to touch the cup is always huge. You think back to like Raymond Bork when he plays for 20 to 22 years in the NHL, never, never gets to, never gets to hold a Stanley cup. Joe Sackick and the Avs win the cup. He hands it right to Raymond Bork without even raising the cup over his head first, Joe Sackick. That's a moment. So as Colin said, like guys like Ovi who have never won it, that's, that's what it's all about. So between that and the fact that every guy gets to touch it and skate it around and your point about Bobby Portis getting an interview is the biggest joke. That guy is such a scrub. And the fact that you interview seven different players out of the 12 guys on the team. And I got to sit here. And like Colin said, there's no stage. They just let everyone on the floor. There's 500. Well, that was the first time they ever did it like that. That's the first time they ever did it like that. They usually have a stage. Oh, sick, sick year to start it too with COVID. You got 500 people on the floor breathing on each other. No one, nobody can even get to the trophy. No one knows who's on the team, who's involved. Hack job interviews. The lady repeated herself four different times for the crowd. She kept stopping as the crowd was cheering. Like she's in elementary school. Like she did like be a professional, like speak. I'm it's just Dude, a horrible rap, trophy presentation. Rap, you, you're going to tell me the stand of the team picture. They don't even take a team picture in the NBA. All the guys are in the locker room. They're already off at the strip Dude, club. The Masters no one one's the best one. I don't care what anyone says. It's better than the Trump. It's like way better. You have what is the Masters? The past champion. Oh my god, dude! It's golf. Golf can only be so. I love golf. I can only be so dude, exciting. Right. You're telling me the Masters Trophy yeah, presentation it's it's while better. my dad's it's asleep on the couch. The my dad's asleep on the couch during the during the presentation. Dude, after of the, the green first jacket. Like, three guys wheel the cup around, I'm like, cool. I gotta watch Alex Thornburn wheel around the cup. Can we move on to something else? Like, it's very cool when the captain gets a cup. Yes, I would agree with that. And but when they pass it off to the guy and take like the team picture. aspect, I would rather 
like, and I obviously just had white golf more than hockey, but I'm just saying the Masters one's just objectively better. Just a fact. Okay. I think, like, I think we all when, know. When like, Phil Mickelson oh, okay. in his green jacket from Tiger Woods. Listen. And then he's like emotional. Like, that's sick. Yeah, I can't love watching Patrick Reed scumbag ass give the jacket off to Sergio Garcia or whatever the hell's going on. Yeah, no whatever. one, no one's gonna change anyone's mind on this. So let's. let's I know. Let's, let's I know. Go to Detroit we'll, sports before we go completely go an hour without talking any Motown. Agree to disagree. Let's talk this Detroit week, sports. Basically. I know, but it's the best. This is why we're here. Uh, your Detroit Tigers might be the best team in professional sports we all at the moment. Love our baseball team. Go get Tigers! I'm a singer. Six and zero coming off the All Star break, they are absolutely rolling. I made my Comerica Park debut for the year last oh. night against the Rangers. I think the first game I've definitely the first game I've been to in two years, or whenever the Tigers last had perfect fans. Night, so dude. unreal night. The weather was perfect. Drove all the way down there with my buddy. Didn't have tickets. We go Al Rabinowitz style. Roll up to the window. What do you got for me? K-Line's corner. We bounced around. Nice to pay $11.50 for a warm Coors Light. You love to see it. $7.50 jumbo hot Dude, dog. Dude, the beers are so warm. They got to figure that out. Yeah, I know. Brutal, right? But 4-2 to two win for the Tigers. Matt Manning goes the longest in, uh, I think, his, his professional career with, with six innings. Uh, six innings pitched. I think he let up like four hits two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts, something, something very respectable. I mean, you know, Matt, Matt Manning is, is, I mean, his ERA, obviously I would say probably doesn't tell the whole story because he hasn't looked horrible, but he definitely has some work to do. Um, But it was, it was at least nice to see him get a very quality start last night. Um, Robbie Grossman with a home run. I think then uh, Akil Badu goes deep and Zach Short, as my as my buddy I'm sitting next to is making fun of this guy for being like 5'11, 160, and he goes, This guy looks sickly. How is he on the team? He looks sickly. Hits a bomb out to left field, gets out in a hurry. So big win for the Tigers, 4-2 over the Rangers. They play today as we're speaking at 1:10 p.m. Looking to go for seven straight, looking to go for back-to-back series sweeps. Um, hey, I, the, there's a lot of storylines, I think, to talk about the Tigers now as far as, like, what's their what's their ceiling here? Can they make a push for the wild card? Are they going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline? You know, what's the deal with Jonathan Scope? By the way, I should mention Spencer Turnbull um, is out for the rest of the season. I'm sure he will miss all of next year, too, with Tommy John surgery. Sad. That sucks. That's brutal. And I'm not even looking at it from a standpoint of, like, he's an asset you can trade because I don't – I've had no – feeling that the Tigers should trade him at all, but that it's going to take him a year to get back. And you saw what happened with Fulmer and, you know, it kind of loses a spot in the starting rotation. I hope that doesn't happen with, with Spencer Turnbull, but um, either way um, the Tigers are hot, man. I mean, they're in the thing for the Tigers right now is that they have such a favorable schedule. So am I putting a ton of stock in this team as far as like they can make some unbelievable run and make the playoffs? I'm really not. And I, I hope I'm wrong, but you, you finish up your series with Texas today. You're going to go to the Royals for three games. You see the twins again for three more games. You have the Orioles and then you start playing some real baseball again with the Red Sox. You'll, you'll travel to Cleveland. Um, so for the time being, their schedule is very favorable. And if you can rip off some wins here, 
I mean, all, all the better for him, I guess. And and you hear Alavila come out with some comment the other day about how the rebuild is over and we're not looking to just sell guys at the deadline for the sake of selling them and getting assets, which if you were to ask me, I, I get, I get where he's coming from, from the standpoint of like, this team has shown you that they have a couple pieces that can hit. They, they like where their pitching's at. And I don't disagree with that at all, but to a certain extent, you still have to understand the fact that you're not competing for a championship in my eyes, like all that soon. I mean, maybe you can squeeze yourself into the playoffs like two years from now, but I think they still have to look at who they have and, and, and unload if they have, if they feel they have any assets. I mean, Jonathan scope all of a sudden has become this guy that people are talking about, like, Oh, they might extend him, which to be honest with you, he's 29, 30 years old. I wouldn't, I, I truly wouldn't mind extending him as a guy that at least if you can play him at second base every day, you know what you have from him defensively. He started very, very slow to start the year, but his bat has really come around. I think he could have made a case to be the tigers all-star to be honest with you, but um, he's looked awesome and, and you do want to keep some pieces in place that can kind of be that veteran presence and lead the team. Um, but if you're a Tigers fan right now, I mean, they, they have that unbelievable shellacking of the Rangers 14 and nothing on Monday, seven, nothing before that against the twins. Like it's, they're playing good ball. They're, they're playing good ball. They're rolling. It's nice to see Victor Reyes back up. Jake Rogers hits the, uh, it's the IL. So Grayson Griner actually got to start last night with a pleasure to watch him. His days are numbered on this team, but I don't know, man, they're looking good. I'm going to enjoy it while it's here. I'll just say that. What's it called? I I think the most interesting thing now with the, what is the deadline? Is the deadline like 10 days or something like that? I'm not entirely sure. I feel like it's coming up in the next two to three weeks. Three is probably a stretch. I always uh, feel like bit- it's, it's before the end of July, isn't it? Yeah. Would you guys trade Jonathan Scope? Because I think that's like the biggest thing. Because you said, like, I do think they could, like, sneaky make it to 500. But it, it, like, am I crazy? Or is this year, like, a an anomaly for how good the wildcard teams are? I feel like the wildcard teams usually drift around 500. Like, the second one, at least. And, like, the two are like 10 games over. I think it's like yeah. the A's and the other. I don't know who else is in that second spot. Maybe. The yeah, game. there's a couple. There's a couple nice teams that are in second place in their division that are like right up there. I, I totally hear you. Like, I feel like it's usually not like this, but like, I mean, I, unless they get like, say they rip off another 10 in a row or something like this, it's probably unrealistic to think playoffs. But I, I mean, I might convince myself they win again today because I'm an idiot. But um, do you trade Stope? I think that's like the biggest question. I wouldn't. Well, I would not. Um, because I'm just always so... <laughs> okay. So I guess I'd have to back up a bit. This team is five games under 500 now, and I don't think they've been that close since April. So I am just fired up. I know the schedule is kind of terrible, but sometimes I think that's how you jumpstart these runs. You got to get confidence against bad teams, and then you can go out and win a series against the Red Sox or the Indians or, you know, whoever. So... I wouldn't because I just personally think if it ain't broke, don't Chris fix it. Trent. God, if I go transformer, just take over. Just start talking. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Good point. That's it. Good point. That was a good what point, did he say? I didn't even hear what he said. He said if it don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's all I heard. Yep. Love take it. Over. But it, like, I, isn't it broke kind of? They're not yeah, like it is great. Broke. But I, I that's all I got from the point. I think he had a he had a bigger point from there. But uh we're just well, say, he's back. It. He looks like he's back. He's moving in live action. What are you trying to continue? 
Well, all I'm saying is I think sometimes you you kickstart these big runs and these these amazing runs back into the wild card of the playoff by playing a bunch of bad teams. Like I know I because then you get some confidence, you get some chemistry, and you string together wins. That's literally how all sports work. So I just yes, the schedule's dog shit, but you know if you, that if you if you build some continuity here and you're playing Jonathan Scope every day and he's a big part of that, then maybe you could go beat a team like the Red Sox in a series. So I. I guess that's just kind of where I stand because the Tigers are five games under 500. They haven't been that close in a very long time. I, the one thing I would be fine if they dealt scope, if it was like in a situation where it's like, we have guys in the farm system who could take his position, but like no one, like if they're going to try and compete next year, like realistically, he's going to be their best option at second base. Like why wouldn't you want to extend him? And what I, I mean, he's been like 270 with power. And you don't get a lot of that from the second base. And I know he's not the like has the most range or something at second base. And he's played a lot of first base this year, but I just don't I, I and everyone kind of points to the fact that I like, look at the return they got for JD Martinez. They got a badger balls. Wouldn't the Tigers just won't rather have kept JD Martinez? You know what I mean? Like you've kind of seen a lot of that. Why didn't the Tigers just keep Cassianos instead of like I, I I get the fact that you're trying to acquire assets, but I think they're in a position now where it's like we're trying to like be good and win in the next couple of years. And if you're not going to give us an AA level prospect, we're not going to trade you Jonathan Stope. And I don't think they should, unless they're getting a top tier middle infielder prospect. It's the only way I would trade Jonathan Stope. And no one's going to give you that because he's a one-year deal and you don't, these guys don't know if they're going to re-sign him. So I, I would be, if they could somehow work on an extension for Stope for like three years, I think that's a perfect window because like we've said a million times, he seems way older than he is. He's like 30. So he's got a couple more good years left in him. So I I, I, I wouldn't trade Stope. I think it was like a, a for sure thing earlier in the year. Everyone's like, let's just trade Stope. And I think everyone collectively is like, you know what? I like, should we? Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you on that, Collins. And, and, and I think you hit it on the head just as far as your comment about how you're not – if you're looking at second base for next year, you're probably not doing better than Jonathan Scope. I don't know what the free agent market looks like after this year as far as second basemen go. And to be honest with you, between Willie Castro and Harold Castro, like I don't think either of them are as good of defenders as Jonathan Scope is at second. And I would say that Jonathan Scope, when he's on, has a more consistent bat 100% than Willie Castro. That's no secret because he just got sent Well, Willie Castro away. might be the worst defensive middle infielder I've ever seen. Yeah, and I and and I guess for how you know, athletic he is. It's sure, I I don't disagree with that at all. But but you you hit the nail on the head. I I have no interest. And when Alavila says like his comment about, I, I think the rebuild is over. I have no interest in trading guys like you said, Collins, a JD Martinez for a Dowell Lugo and Sergio Alcant, whatever that trade was that you're like, okay, we got to groom these guys for a year or two, then they'll be up. And obviously both of those guys are out of your system now, but unless you can return a close to MLB level or MLB ready prospect, I don't even want to hear it. Like I, I would, I, I, even if you get go like one for one and you just say, okay, this is a guy that we see some potential in, see some promise. He's a bit younger and it's a guy that we can plug in and play second base uh, or, or wherever middle infield, wherever and we can be, can plug and play next year. Um, totally cool with me, but the problem the Tigers are starting to have is like, and I, and we talk about 
we talk about it with the outfield too, all the time. You know, now you throw Derek Hill in the mix, who's batting close to 300, but at a certain point, you just have this carousel of guys. And that's, you know, you bring in Mazzara, who you've now DFA'd, which, you know, was something that had to be done. But it's like, you know, now we're now we're talking about an outfield where you have, you know, you, you have Badu and you have Grossman and Reyes and Jacoby Jones probably won't be back, but you, but you can play Harold Castro in the outfield. I don't know where the Tigers feel most comfortable with him. And, and, and now you're kind of seeing that problem in the middle infield with like, you have Zach short. What do you want to do with him? Willie Castro, when he gets his swing back, Harold Castro, Jonathan scope, Cody Clemens is, is, you know, waiting in the ranks and double a triple a ball. So, so to me, it's like, we need to start making some decisions here as far as who, who are the guys that are going to play every day for you next year and two years from now, because if it's Zach short, then it's Zach short and, and he should be playing shortstop Every day you've seen what Willie Castro brings. And the problem is when you throw Nico Goodrum in the mix, who I believe is now back off the IL, he just eats up innings. And that's a guy to me who has no business being on this team anymore. He served his purpose. He, he at least got a chance to somewhat build his career here in Detroit. He can play multiple positions. A, another team in major league baseball will take him because when his bat is on, it's very good. I believe he's a switch hitter and he can play infield outfield for you. No problem. So when you need to start figuring out if you, if Harold Castro has a future with this team, which with his bat, he has shown you that he does. What is his position and where is he going to play every day? Cause I'm sorry, but. And he's not an everyday player. That's your answer. He doesn't, I guess he doesn't have to be, but he's the new Nico Goodrum for you. But this, this rotating carousel of like, and if you want to, if you want to pawn it, though. yeah, like, but I if know you don't like pawn it, it off on me as analytics, I would just tell you to shove it because no other team in the league rolls, rolls the balls out every day. Like, oh, it's who we but got like, today. I, I don't understand. Your, like, I get that you hate some of the lineups and we've kind of done this like a lot this year talking about it, but like they're winning now. How can you like question that? Like, I'm not going to like, yeah, I don't like it sometimes. And I think he's kind of gone away with this, that he wouldn't let Akil Badu face any left-handed pitching. And he's kind of come around to that. He said, okay, Badu's just going to be our leadoff hitter because he's earned that because he's been so good recently. By the way, he has a legit case to be the rookie of the year. By the way, like legit case. I, su- I suppose. But as far as your comment about, like, they're winning, how can – Dude, these Why are you tra- Like, I get what you're saying, but, like – you can put out. You can put me out there. I'm getting a hit off of whoever. That's like last the thing we they don't the have a plus guys. That's where they rotate them and do the analytic. Then know what I mean? Like I think once they start, if they actually get guys on, like this team, say they get a story, say they get a seager, like you're gonna actually see people fall into everyday positions. But like they don't have guys at the point of their careers or just in general that are like good. I don't know. No, I, I, I suppose it's a good point on your end when you don't when you don't have a plus guys that that, you know, like the, you can roll out every day and you know what you're getting, I guess is what you have to do. But um, I guess for the sake of time here, we'll move on from the Tigers um, again. They play the Rangers for that series finale at 1 10 p.m. today as we are as we are speaking here. And then, as I said, man, the schedule is favorable until you see the Red Sox. And even after you see the Red Sox, I think you see the Twins maybe again or, or the Orioles or who knows. But. Um, we'll keep tabs on it for sure. Um, let's go to the Red Wings, which I anticipate now is the moment in the show where Trent and Collins mute their mics, which is totally fine. I'll just talk to myself. If you guys have anything to say. Any What's questions? it called? I 
Rab, shout out to you. Tetsin in our group chat. Because I was talking to my buddies who were pretty big Wings fans yesterday. And they're like, I was just like, I was laughing because Rab's texted me. He goes, yeah, man, sources, stature not getting moved. And me and Trent are like, who gives a fuck about Troy <laughs> Stature? Well, no one, neither of you guys It was so commented. funny, though. It was yeah, so I, funny. I was at work, and I saw that, and I just kind of laughed. I was like, okay, sweet. I guess we don't. Because when I found out that Chalowski got selected, I was thinking in my head, like, what's Rab's think? What are, what are Rab's thoughts? So give them to us. Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, as far as as far as that goes, actually, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. I, I do want to mention the trade that happened before um, the expansion draft. That trade is Nick Letty, your new Detroit Red Wing. Um, he comes over from the New York Islanders. Uh, going back to the island is Richard Panic, who was acquired in the Jacob Verona deal. The Red Wings will retain half of his salary, so about one point three ish million, I think. Um, for the next two years off of, off of his salary, um, he goes back over with a 2021 second round pick. Um, I do believe the wings still have two second round picks this year. Uh, so for me, looking at that, once, once Letty comes over, you, you knew that he was going to have to be protected. Um, so that left a guy like, like Stetcher um, and then Chalowski out in the, out in the open. And I, I think a lot of people thought, that the guys that were going to be protected on defense, as far as the guys that had to be, because again, Cider was exempt. I, I feel like people were definitely thinking it was going to be Hronik, Lindstrom, and Chalowski um, before the Letty trade. So Letty comes over and they make the decision that, that Gustav Lindstrom is going to be the player that was protected over Dennis Chalowski, um, which I'll get to in a second. But Nick Letty comes over, 30 years old. I believe he's got one more year left on his deal at $5.5 million. Um, had had like 34 or something ish points in in, uh, in last season in a shortened season. I think he only played 50 some games and some change. So that's a guy that comes over who, you know, you watch the Islanders play and just such a structured, unbelievably sound defensive team as they have been under Barry Trotz. He comes over. Um, a pretty solid career for Nick Letty so far. I think people probably remember him best from his days as a Chicago Blackhawk, but um, a guy that's definitely going to sure up your blue line. I would have to imagine he plays on your top pair. At the very least, he's in your top four. Nick Letty has a really nice offensive upside to him that I think he's going to have to play some some power play here for for the Wings, especially considering how bad their power play always is. So a guy that can really just captain the defense um, and, and support the play from, from both ends of the ice. I would say that Nick Letty is, is people look at Nick Letty at being 30 years old and kind of got overshadowed a bit because you see guys like Pelic and Pulak and, and Mayfield and in New York. And, and those guys really stood out as far as being like, okay, these are the, this is the core of this New York Islanders defense. But Nick Letty is, is a, is a true shutdown defenseman that has some real offensive upside to him as well. So I think it's a tremendous deal for the Red Wings. And I say that because you now bring someone over. This is not like a Patrick Nemeth who's like on a good team is like a fringe seventh defenseman, third pairing guy. This is a true top four defenseman in the league. And it's one of those deals that you look at and go, Hey, five and a half million dollars for one year. The Islanders get some cap relief. I believe they were going to leave Nick Letty unprotected as it is. So Either way, they were probably they, they there was a good chance they were going to lose them. So good on the Red Wings and good on the Islanders too for dealing them for some assets. But Letty comes over, 
Um, and, and for five and a half million dollars for just this one year, you have options if you're the wings, right? If you, if you feel like he's playing well and you want him to be a pillar of this defense for a couple more years, you, you can extend them. You can flip them at the deadline. I think that's probably what the mindset is for Steve Eiserman as we're looking at this guy is like, hey, come in here, mentor the young guys like Sider that will come up, Lindstrom. Um, I know Hironik's a, a bit a bit older um, these days, but mentor the young guys, sure up our defense a little bit. And, you know, worst case scenario, well, if that's going to be the case, if he plays well, I could see him sticking around for a couple more years. But you send over that second-round pick, um, which is totally fine because that's that's why you acquire these assets, right? So Richard Panic is a guy that I could have just seen him being taxi squad slash put on waivers, just, just a guy that wasn't going to add much to your team. So good trade on that front. So now we go to the expansion draft. First of all, the Seattle Kraken, I <laughs> – this roster. Did you see the shirt Sean Kemp was wearing? Yeah, they gotta get him a bigger shirt. I, I literally, he should have been. They like owe him money. Like that was one of the meanest things I've ever seen anyone do to a human being. <laughs> yeah, that that was tough. But I, I didn't, I didn't get to watch the draft, and he didn't have to because every single pick was leaked. Before the draft started. So that's NHL, the NBA, that's the NFL. That's like every league. Well, it's like NHL figured out, like maybe, maybe not have your draft like three days after the list get, get sent out the, the protection list get done. But so I didn't even watch it. The wings were the last team to have their pick. I don't think anyone knew who the wings were picking until the pick came across the board. Um, and I, I heard that that was just because the, 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 the Seattle couldn't get a hold of Chalowski. Like during the day, they couldn't like reach him via phone um but either way you lose dennis chalowski definitely i I mean when i saw his name flash across because i the reason why i texted you guys and said they're not going to take stetchers because all this list that came out it felt like they had so many defensemen on this list and i know you have to pick a certain number of d-men but I just thought they had so many d that okay they're gonna go take Sveshnikov or Nemesnikov they they need some some ability up front and they end up going with Chulowski, which I think probably surprised the bit of people that they didn't take stature. I was just like, Hey, they're not taking a D. So all your D are safe. So Chulowski to me, I mean, he's, he was your, I think he was picked 16th overall in 2016, obviously a first round pick um, when Kenny Holland was still here, just the guy that, that, you know, you're, you're kind of losing a bit of patience with. I think that if he were to, if he were to still be on this roster, he would definitely be playing every night for you on your third pair come next year tremendous offensive upside i think he's a really good skater it just he was so there are some flashes of dennis chalowski's game where they are just so he is so inept on defense that it's just like my god man if you want to stick here you're gonna have to figure it out i think he was like a dash 47 and in however many games that he played with the wing. So it's, it's tough because you see a guy that was a first round pick and a guy that for many years you've been leaning on of like, okay, you know, it's Chalowski and Hronik, Chalowski and Hronik. These are the two guys that are going to carry your team. And, you know, sure enough, it's like, well, he's just gone for nothing. So I, I don't know if the wings were necessarily all that in tune of if they were going to take Stetcher or Chalowski, if they had any intentions to move either of them, what the deal was, but Good for Dennis Chalowski because he gets a fresh start in Seattle. I don't even know if he'll make that roster and if he'll be a taxi squad guy or if he'll start in the, in the minor league program for them because of how many defensemen that they have. But fresh start for him. And now if you're the wings, Gustav Lindstrom, it's like, okay, dude, like you're up. So your, your top four honestly now becomes, I mean, it'll be Nick Letty, Danny, the, oh, I wouldn't put the Kaiser in the top four. I'd say Letty, Stetcher, 
Kronick and Lindstrom. That's your top four with the Kaiser on that third pair. And we'll see who can make that jump up and in, uh, in, in play for you in, in that sixth defenseman role. I mean, I don't know if they're looking to go out and get someone or make some trade. I think Albert Johansson was just loaned off for the next season. So I don't think that, that he'll be that guy because he can't, but um, we'll see. So that's who you lose in the expansion draft. Um, and now we move to the entry level draft. The wings are picking sixth tomorrow being, being Friday. Um, I want to, I want to ask before we get started and may, maybe you guys don't have an answer for me, but Collins, you have your hand raised. So I guess I'll just let you go. But I wanted to ask if, if, if you're sitting at six as, as a Red Wings fan, what are you thinking? Is there, a, is there a specific position that you'd like to see the wings take? Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts? Collins, go ahead. Um, first of all, specific position. I don't really care. They're just so talent. And I mean, I feel like they've talked about a defenseman every year. Know what I mean? Yeah. They just they just need more defensemen. So I mean, whatever. I've heard that. The one that I was gonna ask you, what like the track? Like, what the hell were the tracking doing? Like, why wouldn't you just take Carey Price? Am I crazy for thinking that? Well, I would say once once Price and I, I have to imagine that there was some conversation between the two teams because Carey Price, I believe, he makes like ten and a half million over then like for five more years. So yeah. For them, I think it was a matter of they didn't want to get themselves in a spot where they were they were tying up a lot of money in a goaltender. And for a team that on paper right now, and not that them taking Carey Price would have changed much, in my opinion, as far as who they took, but this team is not great. And it's a team that I think will, will, will defensively will be okay. And I think they have two really great young goaltenders in Dreiger and, and Vanasek, who I said – Steve Eiserman, pick the phone up and call for one of these guys, please. I said it last podcast because you knew they were both going. And Joey Decord goes from Ottawa, who's not a big deal in my eyes, but it would have been great if the if the Wings could have brought over one of those two guys instead of instead of Washington and Florida losing those guys for free. But um, to answer your question, I I don't know. I mean, I I, I you know think- what I mean though. Like you just saw it happen with Vegas and Flurry. What it could do to have like a goalie just like right in the middle that like you just become immediately competitive, but right. But I do, I do, I do just think that that Seattle kind of understands where they're at and that they're probably not a team that's going to be competing right away. They they have you know they definitely have a group of 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 young guys on this roster that they probably expect to you know you take a bit bigger of a role and you step up and, and develop that way, but. I, I was reading some articles of people joking like they're tanking to get Shane Wright in next year's in next year's draft. Who's like who's a very 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 highly touted prospect, but they 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 really don't have a lot of offensive firepower up front. So so truthfully, I I have no no clue what what they're doing. But that's why that's again to me they feel like they're not going to compete. Why spend ten and a half million dollars to go get to get Carey Price for five years? Um, so they're set with goalies though, man. I hear you, but. I don't know, but yeah, regards to the wings, dude. Like, I mean, you're gonna go into it, but like, I don't know. Like, the only thing that I would like, they could pick like no, like some Schwetzik off or whatever. Like, and I'm not gonna be pissed if they actually like. And they're not going to. And I've read like mock drafts. Like, if they like took a goalie, that'd be like very like. That would be the only thing I'd be like, whoa, that was cool. Yeah, not so, cool, uh, but you know what I mean. Like, oh, oh, it's different. Yeah, yeah, it definitely raises your eyebrows a bit. So I, I would say hopping into that. I know we're kind of crunched for time here because Trent's got to go. I apologize, but I don't, I don't even know how many people make it to this point in the episode as it is. But 
Um, as, as far as the draft is concerned, so the Wings are picking sixth. Again, I, I have to confirm if that's the 22nd pick or the 23rd pick um, that they have from Washington. I know, obviously, uh, Arizona forfeits their pick, so everyone moves up one. Um, twenty. It's the 23rd pick, so it'll be the 22nd. Um, cause everyone moves up. So I would, I would say if you're the wings, to be completely honest, there, there is definitely a case to be made for the wings to take a goalie. I am just in the camp of you. You see some of these goalies that have been successful in the league and, and the majority of them are not guys that go in the first round. Of course, if you, if you like a guy as much as you like a guy like Mark Andre Fleury, who was taken one, one in his draft. Sure. I just think it, it it's six. You you are in a spot where you still have a, 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 a pretty damn high pick at six. And I think outside of like the top 12 to 15, it's kind of a toss up after that. But I think there's enough guys on the board here where you can get a player that can really make an impact. And I have no problem with the wings drafting a goalie with their with their second pick. If this the, the kid that that's everyone everyone's looking at is Jesper Wallstead. And uh, he, he played in the SHL last year as an 18-year-old, had some unbelievable numbers, and, and, and there's been conversation about him going at six. I just think if he falls to you at 22, then, yeah, I would say 100%. If he somehow makes it there past Ottawa, past the other teams that need to sure up goaltending, I would definitely take him. I just think when you're picking this high, you have a prime position to get a player that can make an impact at some point, uh, and I just don't, I don't see that being necessary to get a goalie is the way the market works out. You can always get a goalie in free agency for relatively cheap. You can always trade for a goalie. When you get close, you saw what they've done with Grice and Bernier. Those are just free agent signings that have been good. They've been totally fine for you in a team that doesn't score a lot of goals and hasn't been great defensively. So if we have to go as far as one thing, they're taking at six, a lot of it is going to have to do with what happens in front of them. And I know that sounds so blatantly obvious, but you look at a guy like Luke Hughes, defenseman from the U.S. NTDP, um, that, that selection to me, like if, if he falls in your lap, I can see the, wing, the wings taking him. Uh, a, a guy, too, that I think has kind of moved up in stock over the last couple of months is William Eklund, who played in the SHL as well last year. Um, he has the ability to play center. I don't know if the wings see him as projecting out to be a center in the NHL, but if William Eklund falls to you at six, we know how much the Red Wings like the Swedes. We know that Stevie, at his time here in, in Detroit, played with a bunch of Swedes. We know like it's just the Swede factory. You take Lucas Raymond. You take William Wallin here last the year. The Swedes are like <laughs> the Swedes. I just love how you're saying I that. love this. I love the Swedes. So I, I would expect this pick at six. William Eklund, if he's there, I'm not sure if he'll be able to fall. But the thing is with this with this portion of the draft is there's a lot of centers that can go in this in this in this top ten. I mean, William Eglin's one of them. Maddie Berniers is another one of them for the University of Michigan as this train's coming by now. Unbelievable, shocking. Um, uh, Mason McTavish too is a name that's popped up for the Wings as well, who I thought had a really really strong uh, U18 tournament, um, and I, I will definitely go in the top ten. Um, I, I guess I will save you this. Kent Johnson, too, from U of M. U of M stacked with players. Owen Power will probably go one to uh, to Buffalo, even though he said he wants to go back to school for another year. But I, I would I would say this. The two guys I'm narrowing in on, and maybe it's just the easy pickings because they're both from Sweden and they both played in the SHL. I would say if William Eklund can fall to you as, as a guy that can play center, he can play the wing. If he falls to you at six, I could see them taking him. 
Um, I, I would say he has a really, really high ceiling. And that's like the one thing that I always hear about this kid is that he can develop into a, a, a top six center, which, which finding guys that can play on your top two lines at the center position is so hard. And people always rip on Dylan Larkin of like, he's not a true number one center. Well, you can probably get a, a number two center here in William Mecklen if he, if he pans out. I love the way that Maddie Bernier skates. I loved watching him with the with the U.S. team and the World Juniors. Um, I don't know if he'll be available to you at six. So those are two guys I would I would say if they were there. But I, back to my point. Here's my pick. I'm putting the pick in. Ready, Collins? I'm putting the pick in as I've just been rambling. At pick number six here, the Red Wings are taking Simon Edmondson. Another so defense. Cool. Even though I don't think Simon's a good name. I would actually not like I, I that. I hope pick. it's Simon and not Simone. I think it is Simon. If but it's Simon Simone, Edmondson, then I'm all in. <laughs> Simon Edmondson, um, defenseman from from Sweden. Uh, he played in the like SHL. Named Simon. Am I huh? wrong? What? Are there athletic Simons? I don't know. Probably I feel not. Like Simon is just like they sound the quote like, unquote like the third best friend in every sitcom that you kind of like hate, but like. He's, he probably know. he probably sounds like a better uh, chess player than uh, than hockey yeah. player, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say it's Simon Simon Edmondson. Okay, um, he, cool. He, he played a handful of games in in the SHL last year. I think he bounced between their top. The hell's league, SHL? The Swedish Hockey League. It's which where Raymond play. It's all, it's the top pro league in Sweden. Oh, okay. I, I for a minute I was like, is that a, a junior league? I'm like, how many different junior leagues is there? But no. Makes so sense. he's. I I just think I think with Ed, Edmondson and he kind of almost fits that mold of cider. Of he's got tremendous size. He's a very good skater at his size too. Um, and I think that if he falls to you at six, that's. And I don't. I don't want to say falls because that's like around like five, six, seven, eight is probably where he'll get taken. But I can just see Steve Eiserman looking his chops, and he goes, "Yeah, Simon Edmondson, that's my guy." And you're thinking that you have Cider, you have Ronick, you have Lindstrom. Um, I don't know if they plan on keeping Stetcher around beyond this year. And now you had uh, you have Edmondson to throw in that mix. And if, if Albert Johansson works out too, who's again playing on loan next year, that's a hell of a defensive core. And and as you've seen in the NHL over the last few years, you see with Tampa Bay how good their defense is. That's where it all starts. It starts in the net and it moves from the net out. So I'm going to say Simon Simon Edmondson is the pick. And if you're a Red Wings fan, with his frame and his skating ability, you should be extremely excited to have him at number six. And you keep the Swedish train rolling and you get all the boys over. Then you go back to 22 again. If Jesper Wallstedt's there, I do not think he will fall to 22 because it sounds like he is that good. And he put up some unreal numbers at 18 years old in the SHL last year. Bring all the Swedes over. Bring it. But I, I, I don't think that you're looking at any specific position here if you're the Wings. I think they're going best player available 100%. Um, if it's Eklund, it's Eklund. If he falls, I would say it's probably Edmondson. I would love to see the Wings take a Matt Bernier's. Um, um, what's the other guy's name? Johnson, Johan, what up? The guy from Michigan that I always talk about, Kent Johnson. Um, I'd love to see that too because finding finding centers um, is isn't easy, and they're a luxury to have. So that's it. They're picking at six. We'll see tomorrow night. Um, and that's all I got for Wings Talk. I apologize that it was kind of rushed and whatnot, but we want to get an episode up to you guys so you can at least hear something um, before before the draft takes place. So that's all I got. Good analysis. Know, thank you. I know Trent, Trent was definitely uh, changing that whole topic, by the way. Yep. New shirt on. Yep, I was yeah. getting ready for work. 
He's got Looked a safety great, town. Good chipper, too. He's got Thanks. a safety town shirt, too. But try. I say we cut the trifecta because you got to go yes. bottle feed these preschoolers. We just we have to get moving. Yeah, we can cut it. It's tie-dye day, so I'm tie-dyeing some socks. It'll be fun. All right. Excellent. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Valley and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, if you don't mind, don't be a scumbag. Help us out. Go to Twitter at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter. Throw us a follow. We're also on Facebook, Motown Rundown. Search it up. All our podcasts will go up there. We are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Take two seconds out of your day. Follow, subscribe, whatever you got to do. Give us a rating if it's five stars. If it's not, if you don't have anything nice to say, keep it to yourself. Just shoot me a DM. You let me know. You think that I you, – you yeah, Let about? me tell you, you are a complete moron. You totally stink. fine. Shoot me a DM. Five stars. Don't dr- – <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah, as long as you give us the five-star rating, totally fine. Yeah, uh, I would love that. Comments of it's like, it's like Collins, you ugly mother – like oh, just like terrible comments with five stars. That would be, be so, so funny. funny. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, new episodes every single week. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.